This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's for game- Hello, good evening and welcome to a very special episode of the Wednesday Week. Now, when we've interviewed ex-players in the, in, in the past, we've called these things Lockdown Live. But as we're all up and about moving around, we can't do Lockdown Live anymore. So we'll go with the working title right now, Owls Alumni. It's good, isn't it? Join us this evening is a very special guest, a man who started his professional career at West Bromwich Albion in 1984, had two stints with Sheffield Wednesday, also played for England, Leeds, Saints, Forest, to name a few. Now, between holidays and tear-ups with Simon Jordan, our guest tonight is now prevalent on the after-dinner speech circuit and is called into the media when things go awry at Sheffield Wednesday. Runner of celebrity, come dine with me. It's none of the man who may or may not have partaken in the special fight in spite of our song and also known as Perpetual Motion by my mate's granddad. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Carl Palmer. How's it going, CP? You all right, buddy? I'm all good. Good evening. I feel like, uh, I feel like my... Um, my, my my intro might might be too long there, but anyway, listen. I, I really appreciate you coming on, and I uh, I appreciate you know you've had a hell of a week being in the press. I appreciate you giving us a bit of time. Um, joining me tonight, I've got Stevie and Simon. Uh, they're they're going to join me. Talk. We're going to talk about your career. We're going to talk about the state of Sheffield Wednesday as it starts right now. Um, and I want you. And you know the socials are at the bottom. If you are involved, get involved on Twitter. Get involved on YouTube, and uh, and we'll get right into it. Now, Carlton, um, I can see you're probably on the red wines this evening because you know why wouldn't you be? Uh, what what are we drinking tonight? What's the uh, what's the tipple? 
Oh, this is this is called a Duro. This is a, my favourite Portuguese red wine. I've just got back. I got back on uh, Saturday night. I, I promised to play in a charity game in, on Sunday up in Hull. So uh, I got back Saturday night from Portugal, bought a few bottles back, so decanted a couple and just having a little tipple tonight. But I just want to make it clear before we start so the supporters know. It's a friend of mine, Ben, who's I know you've tried to get me on before. Um, mm. This is this is not scripted or done anything. Before we start, my friend rang me and said, Carlton, would you do us a favour and go on there? So I'm not uh, let, let everybody know I'm not getting paid for this. I'm coming on this and... Uh, you know, we'll we'll do the talk as it is, and that's the way I am. I appreciate it, Carlton. Must uh, I tell you what? Then um, you know, let's let's go right back to the start. Let let's start out as a. It was probably a YT back then. You were and all the rest of it. I mean, t- tell us about how you got into football and and where it all started, where it all kicked off. Well, I was schoolboy at Chelsea, um, and um, uh, I used to stay at Ray Wilkins' mum and dad's house down in Chelsea, mm-hmm. and um, that's what that's where it all started. Then I had a Brad. A break, fib and tip, um, mm. and I was out for a while. Um, Chelsea didn't think I was going to recover in time. Uh, I was a year out, uh, and then I got the chance to go to West Bromwich Albion um, on that on, as you say, the YTS scheme. Uh, there was a government scheme come out at the time. Uh, I was very lucky at the time. The youth team manager didn't really fancy me. Uh, I was going to get released. I knew I was going to get released. And uh, Nobby Styles came in. It was new era. Johnny Styles came. Uh, uh, Johnny Giles came in, and Nobby Styles came in as, as a youth team manager. And I don't know what happened. Nobby Nobby just t- took a shine to me. Whether it was because he was never conceived as a as a footballer, he didn't look like a footballer, but he was a fantastic football player. And he just took a shine with me and worked with me and worked with me and worked with me. Uh, and then you get a break. When you get your head down, you got a break. And then Ron Atkinson came in, and and the rest is history. So I, t- I tell you what, then let's uh, let's start out with Big Ron. He's you know he's he's renowned for having you know these these great personable skills that really get a tune out of players and things like that. And and we you know we've we've spoke to players before, and they talk about the big sunglasses. We talk about him getting involved in the training sessions and wearing a bin bag. Um, did you ever get involved in anything like that, or was Ron still all about sheepskin jackets and big sunglasses, or did he, uh, or did he try to come no, at you no, in the training? No, no, no. no, he's always always played the five sides. Always got involved. Rolled his shorts up. Thought he's the the big dumb bollocks, but you know, <laughs> and 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 he, you know, trying to play outside the right foot and all that. No, he was brilliant, Ron. Ron Ron was brilliant at man management, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you, you know. I know Ron got accused of being racist and he ain't got a... He, Jesus Christ, he ain't got a racist bone in his body. He made a racist comment, um, but he, you know, and I, I understand people will say to me, well, how can you say that, Colton? Well, that's my parents. My parents came over from Jamaica in 56, 57. Ron is very close to my mum and dad. My mum and dad know him very, very well. My mum and dad weren't happy with the comment he made, but listen, he's not a racist. And, and for the grace of God... Given circumstances, we'd all be in trouble. But he was brilliant at, um, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't a great player. Let's get this right. I was not a great player. I was fit. I had unbelievable fitness, and he had untold belief in me. And he always used to say to me, "CP, you do what you do. Let others do what they do. You do what you do. Get around the football pitch." He used to give me un- unbelievable confidence to do what I did and do it well. 
Leave Sheridan, leave Waddle, leave them to do what they do. You get you go, you get around the football pitch, get them the ball and give them the ball. And that and that's what he is. I speak to Ron probably once, twice a week. Um, I know it hurts him about the racism. You've got to look at mm-hmm. you know, back in the time, he's still got in his office now a bullet in an envelope that when he was manager of West Brom, that was sent to him because he was playing Cyril, Laurie and Brendan. Wow. A bullet. Wow. And he still, still say, kept that? He's, he's got it in his office. And people say to me, Colton, yeah, he's made a racist comment. I'm not defending him. Hey, by the way, we had a massive argument about it because I said, why would you say that, boss? I still call him boss. When I find him up, I call him boss. I said, why would you say that? Because he's never mentioned in all the years I've played for him in the dressing room. He's never mentioned colour. He's never mentioned another player's colour. So I said, but but you know what? When you're off here and you're giving it all the banter, we all talk shit, don't we? Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you know, the only person, and listen to this, I spoke to Marseille Desai about this. I said, the only person who never said a word about it was Marseille Desai. Do you know why? Because he tried to sign in three times at Manchester United. Wow. And he knows Big Ron. So he knows he's not racist. So you can go back on every interview and whatever, and you will never see Marseille Desai call him a racist. You never, you know. So, you know, it's difficult. We the, the times were changing where people are becoming uh, more, shall aware. we say, political correct or aware. But but I tell you, it's got, you know, I don't agree with racism in any kind of form. Any, whether it's to do with black, colour, whatever, women, whatever. I don't agree with it. But you have to know the people. And Ron, mm-hmm. you know, Ron, listen, he's never been a racist. Let's get that right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of context is removed from a lot of situations. I, I mean, you know, obviously the Ron Atkinson one, he, 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 said, he said what he said. And it, but the, the context and the person was kind of taken out. And, and we're too quick to, to suspend people to high and dry and go, that's it. We're done with them. See you later. And it, and it, and it, you know, there needs to be some kind of process. Uh, you know, that uh, the the singer well, Lizzo was involved now. in something. You've got to remember this now. And my old man is eighty nine, and he's uh, he's old fashioned, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to remember, he never said it on air. He was in no. Dubai. He didn't switch his um, mic off, right? Fuck me, we'd all be in trouble if. By the grace of God, everybody was in our house. Now he said what he said. <laughs> he said what he said, and I'm not defending that. Let's get that right. We've had our arguments about that. I said, Gaffer, why did you say that? In all the years I've known you. Hey, by the way, my kids have been to his house. My kids are now 29, 27, 25. He's picked my kids up. My kids have been sick over him, him and Maggie, right? But you know what upsets me more than anything? Is the players who've let him down. Dwight York. Who's my mate? Trinidad and Tobago. They were on a pre-season tour in 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 Trinidad and Tobago. Brought him back. Lived in their house with Maggie and whatever. He's become a multi-multi-millionaire and a superstar. And he's going to call him racist, right? You can't do that because that's the way the 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 environment has changed. To you've got to be true to yourself. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And run mm-hmm. nobody. Right. Hey, by the way, he went to court to defend John Fashionu, right? John Fashionu wasn't his player as such. He came to Villa for a year. He went to court to defend him. 
He's not a racist. He made a racist comments, and I'm 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 not going to get away with that. I, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not decrying that. But he's not a racist. And this we live in a world now where people don't say what they they want to say because they're frightened of what people will think. And my old man's always brought me up to say, right, be your own man, be your own man. If people don't like what you say, that's their fucking problem, and it is their problem. I don't worry about now. Like, you know, at the end of the day, when I play football, I don't worry about what other people said about me because it's your friends and family. When you finish playing football, it's your friends and family. When you're playing football, it's your friends and family. So I defended Ron Atkinson, right? I defended Dana Moore. I defended Trevor Sinclair. Trevor Sinclair made a comment, right? He was pissed. He was at the races in Doncaster. Whether he meant it or he didn't meant it, we had our argument over it. I said it was ill-timed. I said he shouldn't have said that. But Trevor Sinclair, right? My wife has teached his kids. I've coached his kids. Him and Nat are my friends. And we will be friends for years to come. So I was still defending. We all make mistakes. But when you're in the public eye, it's like, oh, fuck me. You can't make a mistake because, oh, we can't be wrong. Well, Fair enough. You know, well, that, you know that's that's pleasant to hear. You know, um, I mean, so I mean, to, let's let, let's talk about Ron when when you were at the club. Did he bring you on as a player? Did he get you to change various bits about the way you played, or like you say, did he just go, "This is your position, CP. This is you do you," and then let everybody else slot in around you? Did he build the team around your ability, as it were? No, no. I'm I'm a, I'm a natural central defender. That was my position. He played me in midfield most of the time. He said, you've got too much fucking energy to play at the back. <laughs> um, no, he, listen, I, I, he always used to pull me as well because they always used to call me Ron's son, right? <laughs> he used to pull me and say, right, today I'm going to have to come down on you in the dressing room, right? But it's not, right. It's, it's, not, it's not personal. He said, I want them to know because we used to have our talks, talks privately, right? So he used to say to me, right, listen, in front of the lads, I've got to let them know that, you know, you're just one of them. So you, you're not exempt of criticism or whatever. And the amount of times I've gone into his, dress, into his office and said, right, I want to leave. And he's just gone to me, Carlton, shut the door and fuck off. <laughs> And that's that man management that everybody talks about, right? <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, honestly, I can't tell you how much I owe that man in terms of my mentality, in terms of my belief, in terms of... Um, he used to say to me, why do you read the newspapers? Stuart Pearce said to me one day, he said, why do you read the newspapers? He said, because those people don't know you. So why are you listening to what they got fucking say? You know whether you've played well, whether you haven't played well, you know what you've done. You have to deal with that yourself. Just be honest with yourself. And so for me, that's why I've, my book, when I do my after dinners, I try to portray to people that you don't have to be the best. What you have to do is prepare to work hard, give everything, and be honest with yourself about mm. what you're capable of. What you, If you've had a bad game, you don't go home and say to yourself, oh, I, you know, the newspapers will give me a fucking seven. Half those reporters leave at fucking half time. <laughs> Yeah, once he, got the, once he got it all in. Now, I, I tell you what, listen, you know, you know what? That's that, that given you that you're your own man, and you could definitely see that in the way in the way you play. It would be wrong of me not to come to to, to Stevie and say, Stevie, I'll come to you first because I know 
I know that Carlton's a big, you know, a big influence on your life, and and you know you're you're a big fan, and I, and and you know what, Carlton, he's doing really well, not fangirling right now. So I'm going to put him on the spot right now, and uh, what have you got for us, Stevie? After that intro, yeah, <laughs> go on, mate. come no, on, Stevie. Honestly, it's just a pleasure to be able to to sit down and have, have, a, have a bit of a chat, and obviously listening to some of the things that you've said already. Um, Going back to that sort of that period when you, you you've signed for Wednesday, you've got the way that Ron's managing you. Um, do you feel like he sort of treated you a little bit differently to to, to the other players? You've alluded to the fact that you know he'd, he'd maybe treat you a little bit differently. Was it was it massively different for you versus everybody else, or did he just find that you, you've sort of spoken about the fact that he was a man manager um, and a really good one? Did he did he have the same sort of mannerisms with other players at the club at the time? So your your Sheridans, your Harks, your, your you know your Hurst. Did he did he have a, a trick up his sleeve for managing each one of those players, or was it just you and the way that he he dealt with you and then everybody else? No, he was hard on me, and he explained that to me why he was hard on me. But he, but he, he had a unique ability of bringing players together that gelled. Can I tell you that squad is still so close now? I still drink with John Sheridan, Chris Waddle, David Ers. We all come up. We met up the other day. John Arks is in America. Phil King. We're we're all so close. But he was brilliant at the thing is with Ron. He was brilliant at putting a team together. And we didn't know this at the time, but the gel was there. John Sheridan and me. Everybody thought that John Sheridan was a ball player, which he was. He was a fantastic football player. But John Sheridan used to take the runner. So everybody used to think, because I could run, that I would take the runner. No, I would go into Scolzi, and Scolzi can't run with me. So that was the problem that they had. And he was brilliant at doing that. I can tell you a story about the when we beat him in the cup final. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable, his, 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 his man management of, of, of the cup final. It was, we're not changing. A lot of managers overthink things. Ron was a 4-4-2. That was it. We played 4-4-2. Don't matter who we play against. It was a 4-4-2. That's who we played. So it doesn't matter that we're playing Manchester United to go for the treble this, that, and the other. We play a 4-4-2 and we stick to our beliefs in what we're doing. And that's that's what was brilliant for the lads. So there was no change. That's how we played. There was no tactical change. And his thing was always, we never, ever got a bollocking with Ron Atkinson for trying to play. If we tried to play and got beat, he was all right. If we didn't try to play and we weren't brave enough to play, then there was murders on. And I've yeah. spoken to the Manchester United boys, a lot of them who were my friends. Alex Ferguson was exactly the same. Yeah. So he just stuck, stuck true to what he did and, and and that's what they did. That's that's yeah. that's amazing. That It would have needed to have something like that, obviously, because you signed in 89 um, and I was, I was a little bit younger than you, but I was a kid. I can always remember... The, the, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I, I was in the, the cop the year that we went down when Pierce scored um, and Forrest sent us down. And at that point, it was like the low point and you're thinking, oh, shit, we're going to lose Palmer. We're going to lose Hurst. These players are going to go on. Nielsen's over. Um, these players are going to go and move on because they're not going to go and play in the second tier. Um, and obviously, it's a little bit different in 1990. Well, let me tell you the story about this. Sorry to interrupt. Let me tell you the story. They... We, when I signed, right, 
I spoke to Nobby Styles about it. I had Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, all the boys interested in me down in London. And Nobby said to me, Nobby Styles said to me, you don't play for club, son. You play for the manager. Get up yeah. the road to Sheffield Wednesday. And I was like, but they're going to get relegated. And he said, don't worry about it. He said, you know, Ron Atkinson, he'll sort it out. So he signed all these players on the basis. So we went down, unfortunately, with the highest total, I think still to this day, Premier League total. So we went to Marbella. So I'm thinking to myself, fucking hell, we're going to Marbella. We just got relegated and they're paying me a shitload of money. It's fucking happy days. But we landed in Marbella. We're in the hotel. Big Ron comes down. We're staying at the Angelusia Plaza. It comes down. He's always got this red briefcase. So he comes down with the red briefcase and he turned around and he said to all the boys, he said, right, listen, I know you're all disappointed. He said, it is what it is. But he said, we'll win the league next season. So he got out all these passports and he said, anybody who's not up for it, take your passport and fuck off now. Otherwise, you waited till you were in Marbella to, to yeah, say we're in Marbella. And he, otherwise, he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have a good week. He says, anybody get locked up, you're on your own. But we're going to have a good week. He said, we're going to come back to pre-season early and we're going to win the league. And that, we, we, we didn't win the league. And I think we would have won the league had we not been involved in all the cup competitions. But we got promoted. And that's where, and everyone to themselves, he took this, the passports to the skip, Nigel Pearson, and everybody turned around. We'd already made the decision. We said, we'll give it one season. Let's see. And then we... We went to Ipswich, blasted them out four one the opening day of the season, and that set the tone. Didn't look, didn't look back since. Now, that's a, that's genuinely amazing. Keeping that squad together was was actually impressive. Now, Simon is um, is a, a tad older than us, and and we do give him a fair bit of grief about it. But I, I I'm actually no, happy you're here now, Simon, because you can probably remember. But I mean, Stevie and I were. Were early teenagers when when Kant was playing. So, have you have you got have you got a question you you, you want to add from the? Uh, well, I was the, I was a late teenager, so eighty nine when you signed, I was eighteen, um, and I remember that season going down. I remember the heartbreak, and and are we were the same of, age. Now? Yeah, yeah, there are thereabouts, there are thereabouts. I, I remember, I remember you went away, didn't you? After we got relegated, and I believe that Luton Town were there who just got promoted, don't they? And we were. Hadn't we swapped swapped sort of sides with them, and Luton went up and we went down, and weren't they in the same resort when you went away to Malaga? No, Luton. Luton I remember Luton staying up. Yeah, Tim that was Rainer it. Scoring thirty a thirty-five year yard goal against fucking Peter Shilton. If I didn't know better, Pete, I thought Peter Shilton had some <laughs> money on it. Tim Breaker and fucking scored a goal. I mean, how the fuck do you beat Peter Shelton, one of the greatest goalkeepers ever on the planet from 35 fucking yards? Do Unless you know it's John Hawks, obviously. Well, of course. Of course, <laughs> Peter wasn't in goal. <laughs> you know, he was a fucking, let's get this right, he was an exceptional goalkeeper. And then we went down on the biggest, you know, I, I, I don't remember Luton being there when we were in Marbella. There right. was a, there okay. a few clubs in there. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, tell me about Colin, I think you were sort of party or around at the time. The fallout with John Sheridan and Big Ron in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, no, I was fucking hell, yeah. So what happened was, <laughs> and, and to be fair, Big Ron does never, ever treat us like kids, right? Never does. But, uh, but footballers, you've got to understand, we're extreme. 
Niall Quinn and his missus have just done a book and I've read it and 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 Niall Quinn and his missus um you know they they the way they um eloquate it is very good, right? We are not normal people. We are not normal people. So when we played the game, when we finished the game, this is the problem that players have when they finish the game. They, they want to go back into normal civilization, but they're not normal people. We're not normal people. That's why I get up at quarter seven every morning and still go and train for two hours, right? So what, what happened was, we're, we're that on pre-season. And Ron, to be fair, has always give us our lead. So he said we had to be back to the hotel. I think it was around about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. So me, John Sheridan, and a few of the boys, we've gone out on the pace. We've got, to be fair, we're back in time. We're back in time. So we're in the hotel and we're having a drink. And then Big Ron's walked up and said, I want you to go to bed. Need to go to bed. So that was the problem. At that point, we weren't going to fucking bed. So it all kicks off in the middle of the night. Big Ron's come down the hallway with his towel around him and his hairy chest. Shez has come out. And I'm not being funny with you. Fucking hell. Big, only Big Ron tapped him like that. He must have flew into the fucking wall. <laughs> it all went off. And it all fucking went off. It all went off. So, oh, it all went off. So Shez is coming to the room. The lads have come into the room and it's all fucking got on off. off. So the next day we had a meeting and Ron went, he's gone. Not having that, he's fucking gone. He's bang out of order. And and Nigel Pearson, who was, was our skipper at the time, and you'll never meet. Well, I, I, Brian Robson, I know Gary Malik, McAllister are playing with these as skipper and obviously they've played at the ice level. But Nigel Pearson was a phenomenal skipper Phenomenal bloke. He went to Big Ron. He said, right, listen, we all fuck up. We all make mistakes. I said, we, 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 right, he's fucked up. And Ron was adamant. He's fucking gone. But to be fair to Ron, he called all the lads round and he sat down and he said, right, he's fucking gone. Nigel Pearson's pulled me and said, I'm wrong. He said, so I'm asking you, like, he's broke curfew. He's carried on the way that he's carried on. He said, it's down to you, boys, whether he stays or he goes. And all the boys to a man went, fuck off, he's staying. And Big Ron went, right. He said, that's your last chance. And that was it. So that, that's a testament to Big Ron and his man management skills there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no. He went, he went he with the boys. a bit of ownership. Yeah, he went with the boys, Nigel Pearson, Nigel Worthington. And he said, right, okay, that's your choice. He's staying. And that's what he did. And him, him and Ron made up. He was a, let, let's get this right. He was an exceptional footballer. But, you, but we all have got this edge. It's this thing. It's like, I'm married now to Lucy now, and I'll tell you now, I've been with her 21 years, right? My ex-wife couldn't deal with the way I was. She just fucking plays me every time. Sunday, she knows I'm going to watch football. So if I haven't left the house by 12 o'clock, she'll go, what the fuck are you still doing in the house? <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to know what you're dealing with. If Lucy said to me, right, okay, well, we're going out with lunch with people, we're doing this on a Sunday, I'll go fuck off, I'm going to watch football. You, you, you can, can, you, can you introduce your wife to my wife, please? <laughs> well, listen, it's maybe two, wife, two wives and three million pounds. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure I can afford another three million fucking quid. 
So I get back for six. I'll tell you what, though, Colin, we would have three million quid if we weren't buying tickets off Chancery, but we'll get to that later on. So let's, uh, let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, I want to talk about this hat trick. I, 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 I was editing the, I was editing the video to put together to, um, to, 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 to tell people that you were coming on. And this hat trick blew me away because I think I watched it about 60, because I, I think watching it, I don't think even you could believe what were happening. <laughs> like, like... No, I should have scored more goals in my career. I got into... Mm-hmm. you got to remember, I'm not a natural midfield player. I'm a central mm-hmm. defend player. I'm a central defender. That's my natural position. But I played the majority of my, my games in midfield. I should have scored more goals. I wasn't a natural finisher. On that day, it was just, you know, everything went to plan. I mean, it's funny, though. I got in at half-time... And I was taking my boots off, and Trevor Francis says, What are you doing? I said, Fucking hell, I've scored three goals. I've done my job. I'm down to them. I'm <laughs> no, I, there sort was, um... mem- I sort of have memories about that because that was one of my big lads' holidays. You got a hat trick, and I think I flew the next day to Calvos. I was 20, 21. And I remember walking down Calvos High Street as a 21 year old with my Wednesday shirt on with Palmer written on the back and people going, he scored a trick And I'm just like, oh, yes. No, but it was a proper hat-trick. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't remember, a proper hat-trick is left foot, right foot, head. Right foot, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I remember that as being a kid. It's, it's always remember that. Palmer's hat-trick and then going oh. on holiday with the lads for a fortnight. <laughs> but it's Ridiculous. just one of them games. You know when I knew? Sometimes I'm one of these people. I get in the tunnel, right? And I fucking know. And it was one of those games where I knew I was on fucking blob. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah, yeah. just, just getting there in the tunnel and I, I, I knew. I always have a brandy before the game. I go in the players' lounge, have a brandy, walk out. And I, and I remember walking out and Ian Holiday was walking out and I said to him, I hope you've had a good nice fucking sleep because I'm on fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'll it. tell you what. Let's... Uh, let's... Let's talk about a couple of them because I've I've got one here right, and I was trying to do some research for the, for this evening, and I've got these are the notes I've written here. I've got one here. It says QPR Bender with Rod Stewart, Wadlam Woods, and Les Ferdinand had to point him in the right direction. Can you elaborate on that one for me because that one sounds like there's a, there's a lot to unpick there. Yes. Yeah, so what happened was, I mean, I've got to, I've got to say this at the start. I never make a rule of going out on the piss the night before the game. I have a couple of points. You know, Ron used to know that. Howard used to know that. I have a couple of points before the game. So we're playing um, QPR. And uh, we've gone down We've gone down the day before. But kickoff's not till 12.30. So Trevor's gone home to his family. And Waddler says to me, um, are we going for a drink? I said, Nah, Des has said we, we'll, we'll go in his, his room later. We'll have a drink because Des was captain. We'll have a drink. So then the shout was uh, Waddler and Woodsy said, Now nah, we'll go to the corner of the pub. We have a couple in the afternoon. It'll be all right. He won't be fucking busy. And I never even got I never even got a fucking inkling when I come down. I've come down. I'm sponsored by Mizuno. So I've come down with Mizuno tracksuit, Mizuno t shirt, with Mizuno trainers. And these two come down in their civvies. I never even got my head around it. I never thought because they're smart guys and that's the way they go and carry on. So we've got into the local pub 
right on the corner by the hotel. Fucking hell, it might as well have been a nightclub, but it's New Year's Eve. Fucking the gaffer's come across. All, all the drinks are on the house. We just played England against Spain. Hang on, hang on. It's New Year's Eve, and you didn't think you were going out, out? No, it's 12 <laughs> o'clock. I didn't think I was going out, out. I thought I was going out for a couple of fucking beers. <laughs> so, so we walked in the fucking place, and, it's, and, and the guy came across, and he said, all the drinks are on the house. I don't know, for fuck's sake. Right? So, so then... We've sat down, we've had about two or three pints, and I've gone, I'm going to head back to the hotel. It's fucking packed. I said, I'm going to head back to the hotel. So them two twats have gone to me, no, you're all right. We'll have a couple more. So I've ended up having a couple of more. So we've ended up having a few drinks. So then they've gone to me, uh, well, we've just had a phone call from Efe Nakuko, who's a good mate of mine, Efe Nakuko. What a top bloke he is. So his brother has got a, a, a wine bar in town, right? I've gone, fuck off. I'm not going into town now. It's too late. We've got a game tomorrow, a massive game. We're about 16, 17 games unbeaten. I said, it's a massive game against QPR tomorrow. And I've got that fucker Les Ferdinand up front tomorrow. He's a lively bastard, that one. So I said, no, I'm not having that right now. And they said, oh, come, come for one. Come. Oh. So, as usual, weak. I went for one. So we've ended up, we've gone to the night, uh, this wine bar, gone downstairs. Fucking hell. No cameras, no nothing, right? Birds everywhere, everything, having a fucking great time. The next night, next thing I know, Les Ferdinand's in there. So I'm thinking, fuck me, he's playing for QPR tomorrow, so he's happy fucking days. He's <laughs> so got, got one minute to 12. We've all gone in the kitchen. Phone the missus. Yeah, we're in Desi's room having a couple of beers. Dancing with the fucking beds. This, that, and the other. We're having a great time. So the next thing is, Woodsy goes to me. Um, we've been invited to Tramps Nightclub. I said, fuck off. I'm not going to Tramps Nightclub. So we've got a massive game tomorrow. Big game tomorrow. He said, and I said, by the way, they won't let me in anyhow. I've got a tracksuit on. He said, by the way, we've already found it. They're letting you in with the tracksuit. So I went, oh. <laughs> I was in for a penny, in for a pound. Fuck it, I'm on. No, we went, we've got in there, right? I'm on the dance floor in a Mizuno tracksuit, blue, blue, everything. Everybody's in cocktail dresses, dinner suits, and everything. I've walked up to the bar and Woodsy's talking to this bloke because Woodsy used to play for Rangers. So I've walked up and I'm bollocks at this stage. And I've gone to Woodsy, who the fuck are you talking to? He said, Oh, by the way, Colton, I'd like to introduce you to Rod Stewart. <laughs> like, how do you feel now like do you know what I mean right. so we carried on fucking bollocks I'm absolutely bollocks so Woodsy's had to carry me out of the nightclub all the all the the the, the, the um, um, what do you call them now perhaps here right sorry fucking hell camera's going blah 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 Woodsy's got me on his fucking shoulders blah 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 <laughs> Fucking hell, got, I thought it was for me, but obviously they were there for Rod. Um, got home. <laughs> got Talking home. out like I am man. Like. Yeah, got home. I'm, ro I'm, ro I'm rooming with um, Brighty. So I've got in. Fucking hell, I'm sick everywhere. I'm this, that and the other. Brighty's giving me a nudge in the morning. Come on, CP, you got to get up. He said, Brighty looked at me. He said, fucking hell, CP. So Brighty's rushed off to get me some um, things for my eyes and whatever. And then, so we get the team meeting. 
So Trevor starts reading the team out. Number one, Kevin Prisman. Woodsy's not playing. Number four, Carlton Palmer. Number 11, Graham Mind. Waddler's not playing. Both of them failed tri- fitness tests and never fucking told me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they knew full well they weren't playing and just dragged you out in town with them. Stick so we, we go to the ground. It's fucking boiling hot. It's a 12.30 kickoff. It's boiling hot. I'm in, the, I'm in the dugout. I'm spewed up in the dugout. I'm on, it's on, on my toes, right? Big time. Des has come out to me, Des Walker. And by the way, Des Walker is without a shadow of a doubt the best central defender this country has produced in fucking years, right? So he's gone to me, CP, you stay with Les and I'll sort the rest out, right? Wherever he goes, you follow him. So I've got back in, got water down with Gregory Peck. Game's kicked off. Les went to change his boots after five minutes. I was on the touchline. While he was changing his boots, why behind him? <laughs> We've got in half time. We've got in half time. We're nil nil. I've gone in the toilet, water down my neck, everything, blah, blah. Second half come out. Game's going on. They put the floodlights on. I couldn't move for five fucking minutes. So I mean, while the game was going on. And so we ended up winning the game 2 0. I got fucking man of the match, right? <laughs> so we get on the we get on the bus. So I'm on the bus. So I've got on the bed, water, Trevor Francis comes on the bus and he's looking direct at me and he's gone, looks like a few of you in trouble tomorrow. So I never said anything. And he said, well, I said, well, what are you looking at me for, Gaffer? I said, unless you've got picture evidence, I was in my room all night. He said, funny you should say that, Cotton, you're on the front page of the News of the World in your Mizuno tracksuit. <laughs> Uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to... Two weeks wages. Fucking Two weeks wages. Shit. Two I'm going to go wages. on a Google adventure and try and find that. But Stevie, before you, I... I'd have, given, I'd have given the two weeks wages for the fucking night. <laughs> it probably costs you that in booze, especially when Rod Stewart's drinking. Now, Stevie, before I move on to uh, Carlton's England career, is there anything else you want to ask? Unless it's about that. You know, I just want to... want you to was, get I in. Gonna, I was going to ask about England, but I'll, I'll save that for no, you. No, go on, uh, mate. Go on. Crack on. It's all yours. Before we do, before we do England, the, I've got one question. The, the, the header against Everton. Did you mean it? No, just helped it back in the box. And all I heard was... <laughs> All I heard was Neville Savile say, over me. The winter pitch just held it out. And Neville Savile, let's get this right, what a phenomenal goalkeeper. But he said, he, all I heard him shout was, it's over me. The wind just, that- took, I'm just trying to help it back in the box. Never meant it. Just trying to help it back. Honestly, I, I, I just remember, I've got, I've got memories of just watching that game. I think it was Monday Night Football, weren't it? And... I'm, I'm sat at home, I'm about 14, 15 at the time, and I've just seen this this header go in. And at that point, I've never seen anybody head a ball from that no, area. Just, no, just helping it back into the box. In so that way. Take, and yeah, it's ended up in top left-hand corner, hasn't it? Yeah, Absolutely yeah, outstanding. Yeah, we'll but, at least I know now. Um, yeah, talk, yeah, to us about, talk, talk to us about England. Um, I, 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 I'll stand corrected. As an England player, as a Wednesday player... I don't think there's anybody in our generation that's played more times for England that's played for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and I know that you've said off air um, that you, you, you know you you made most out of your career being a, a, a you know fitness has helped you. 
rather than being a technically gifted player. And I know that you, you've had your, your, your sort of people detracting you and so forth going forwards. And at the, at the end of the day, you, you, you've made an outstanding career out of the ability that you've got. And I don't think anybody can ever take any anything away from what you've done. Um, and that's absolutely fantastic. Um, but being able to play well, well, for, for England... And I, and, and I can quantify it, right? Gareth Southgate got 60 England caps, right? And I like Gareth as yeah. a bloke. And I think he was a good player. Would he have got ahead of me in any side that I played for? The answer is no. But then when I played for England and I look around and Gary Pallister sat on the bench, I'm looking, I'm thinking, how is this possible? Gary Pallister was a far better central defender than me. So... I, you know, it's it's one of those. I, I I honestly believe that I should have had more England caps. But if you remember the 1992 European Championship, I spoke out. And if you speak out, people don't like it when you speak out. And I mm -hmm. spoke out. It was brilliant. When every, well, I walked back into the room and there's Gary Lineker there, there's everybody in there. And they're all applauding me, but none of them would have said what I said. So mm -hmm. I've always believed, and I live my life like that, I say what I've got to say. I say not to make be sensationalised. I say it because I believe it to be right. I deserved every one of my England caps. I should have had more, right? But it, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm, I, listen, I'm not worried about it. I've had a great career, and 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 that's as it is. That's that's the point I make. I think that's the point I'm making. To be honest with you, I, you know, for, for, for a, a lad from Sheffield to watch somebody who sign for the club and I've got memories of you playing at Hillsborough, I've got memories of you scoring goals, I've got memories of you doing what you've done for the club. It's a, it was a massive deal. You know, I buzzed off the fact that Hursty got his England cap, you know. The, well, you Hursty, know, you, you're me, ticking, you, you're ticking boxes, aren't you? Hursty. And Hursty, Alan Shearer is my friend and I love Alan Shearer. Hursty was a far better player than Alan Shearer. Mm. Alan Shearer was a far better professional. And that's the yeah. difference between the two. But David Hurst was a far better player. Trust me. Mm. Alan Shearer's great player. I love him to bits. He knows that. He knows what I think about him. But if Hurst had been more professional, it's not even an argument. Mm. Not no, even an argument. Yeah, yeah, but the injuries, the injuries come from being unprofessional. Professional, yeah, I guess so. The two go hand in hand. Let's uh, let's just stay on England, and I'll, I'll come to you, Simon. Afterwards, I, I need to talk about your goal, your 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 one goal against San Marino, CP, and yeah. I, and I put it again in the uh, in the video we we're advertising that, that you were coming on, and it was the time of that documentary with with Graham Taylor, wasn't it? And uh, and you you put it in, and he thought you were somebody else when it went in. And then he went, I fucking tell him to stay in fucking middle of the park. What's he doing in box? Is, is that his? <laughs> Did he get chewed was, out for scoring? The problem was, there was a, I think there was, there was a lull in the game and we had to score mm. seven goals. Yeah. So what's the point of me sitting back? It was just one of those things, you know, um, I, I felt that the game had to be, and that's what Ronald always instilled in me. If you see something in the game, if you feel it is the initiative, then that's what you've got to fucking do. And that's what Ron said to me. So I felt at that point there was a lull in the game. We had scored for 20 minutes and we needed a goal. We needed to win the game by eight goals. So that was just it. So that's why, you know, I, I went forward and I'm, you know, as, as, listen, it's a, 
I, it, it was a fantastic feeling to score at Wembley. Um, and that will always live for me. Um, you know, I can't tell you playing at the old Wembley. The new Wembley, I just went with Sheffield Wednesday, uh, won at the player finals. It's not the same as the old Wembley. The old Wembley, the atmosphere, everything. And to score at that iconic stadium, you know, OK, we didn't qualify for the World Cup. But that's jammed to circumstances. Not that's not down to um, ability. That was down to circumstances. We we, we uh, Wembley was out of action. We had to play the first three games at Wembley, the last three games away. And listen, I still to this day, if anybody says to me that Coolerman shouldn't have been sent off and it shouldn't have been a penalty, I'll show me arse in Woolworths. <laughs> I tell you what, listen, I'm going to I'm going to ask you a probing question now, Carlton. Then, so. Let's say Ronald Koeman and David Platt didn't happen. England qualified for USA 94. Given the way you were playing at the time and your relationship with Graham Taylor, would you have made the World Cup squad? Yes, 100%. No yeah. question. Well, he'd already told me. Graham Taylor would always pick me. He would always pick me. Because so was it, was it Terra Venables coming in that kind of spelled the end of your I knew. Career? You know what Big Ron had said to me? Big Ron had said to me, and by the way, let's get this right. I've been to Taylor Venables nightclub. I've been to Scribes. I've been everything. I love Taylor Venables, but he plays the media and he's a fantastic fucking coach. He's a brilliant coach. Everybody's been on to him. But you know what? What you're not going to do is put yourself under pressure. Mm-hmm. Big Ron said to me, once Terry Venables took over, you'll never play for England again. How does this happen, right? Bearing in mind, I was man in the match in the last game I played for England. Mm-hmm. I've got the trophy upstairs, right? That he picks the same England squad Without me. Yeah. That's it. End Not of story. Mate. End yeah. of story. So there's no, and by the way, I love Teddy Venables. I think he's a fantastic coach. He's a brilliant manager. Everybody spoke to him, whatever. But he picked that team. You've got to remember, I went to Leeds United, took Dave Batty's place, and Dave Batty went to fucking uh, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. New- mm-hmm. Dave Batty was playing for fucking England. And he was playing for England. We all know away days are mint, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now with the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. For more information, see mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. That season for Leeds United. Do you, do you, think, do you think that's because you weren't at a fashionable club? You weren't a fashionable well, we name? Say, we used to say that. Up north and not fashionable. No. Well, no. also... I don't know. The media never really... Jimmy Hill, to be fair to him, I've got to be honest with you, he was always stuck up for me. But the media was always against me. And because I... I, Listen, I always said what I felt. And when you say... Listen, I said to my daughter the other day, 
Do I regret speaking out the way I spoke out? I, I do. I do. In my art, it was the right thing to say, but you have to bide your time. So my daughter's trying to find forge a career in social work. So I said to her, you have to find the right time to say what you need to say. I didn't find the right time to say what I had to say. I just said it. And that just come on top of me. And I'm not having a go at Gareth Southgate, but, you know, 65 England caps. And I think he's a good player. I think he's a good, but he's not better than me. And he's not better than fucking Gary Pallister. That is a fact. But if you play the game, that's what happens. And I'm not being disrespectful in saying that. That's a fact. I, I, I can't disagree with can't. I could probably have the same conversation about my career with the same thing. Simon, is there anything, uh, is there anything you want to add in? I was going to actually go back to Wednesday if I can. And, and, um, and you spoke about Wembley. And as a young 20-year-old at the time, my first uh, visit to Wembley was the Rumbelows Cup final, which unfortunately you couldn't play in because of suspension. How did that make you feel, Carlton, at the time, watching the lads walk out? Obviously, you were there, but not being able to take part in that, in that, in that, in that final. Well, this is what I'm talking about, the hypocrisy of life, right? If you remember the season before, Gary Neville had exactly the same thing. Went down with Alex Ferguson and they allowed him to play. I don't think any player should not be able to play in a major cup final unless it's violent conduct, unless they've done something. I, I, I really don't, right? Mm -hmm. So we went down, me and Ron Atkinson went down, we spoke to them and they weren't having it. And you know what was brilliant about Ron? This is this just sums Ron up. He called me in on the Thursday and he turned around to me and he said, I need you to play the best game you've ever played on Sunday. I said, you've been on drugs. I'm not playing on Sunday. I'm suspended. He says, Carlton, you have to come and be who you are. I'm gutted for you. The lads are gutted for you. But it is what it is. So he said, I need you to be you. And that was it. And I, I love the lads. I love the club and whatever. And I'm going to tell you the truth. And this is God's honest truth. John Sheridan come to my hotel room the night before and told me he'd score the winning goal for me. And that's when you see him run straight to me when I'm on the bench and I run to him. You know, and so, do you know what? I, 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 you know, at the end of the day, I didn't play, but I'm delighted. I got a medal. Still to this day, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've not opened it. I've never opened it. No? So, no, because I, I don't feel that I've earned it. I didn't play. Yeah. I didn't play. So I've never opened it. Still to this day. But I have a winner's medal. Yeah, yeah, but come on, Carlton. You kicked every ball, didn't you? Every pass, no, every header. No, you kicked every one. I didn't play and I was pleased for the club. I was pleased for the supporters and all the lads. The lads are fucking great lads. And 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 you know what? Brilliant. But still today, I have never opened that medal. It's still closed wow. because although I have a winner's medal, I never played. God, that, that breaks my heart, Carlton. That absolutely yeah, just makes me feel quite sad. Like, But I, I get yeah. what you mean. You don't feel like yeah. you've earned it because you didn't play the final game. But no, you're in every bloody game going up. No, Ron Atkinson at the dinner at the night, I've got, I've got to be honest with you, he got up and he said, the only thing that doesn't make the day complete is Carlton Palmer not playing. And that will live for me for the rest of my life. That will live with me for the rest of my life. So when people call him a racist, 
and this, that, and the other. They have no idea. They have no idea. Okay. All right. I want one last story from you, Carlton, and then let's uh, let, let let's move it up to date and about you know Wembley and your, and your day out and uh, and and Simon Jordan and and Chancery and whatnot. But I, I I've got a note here. I, I reached out trying to get some stories, and this is this is the way it's been sent to me. Ask Carlton about betting slip slash helicopter Southampton. <laughs> what? What happened? Oh, yeah. When I signed for Southampton, that was just crazy. Um, so me you and David, Dursty. yeah. So me and David Urs were down there, and we, we used to we used to get a flight. We used to fly down sometimes, and so so it just so happened that this day. We we're in Ocean Village, me and Ersty, and Ersty said to me, Are you bothered about going up? I said, No. He said, Are you bothered about it? I said, Fucking not. So oh, we told the missus we're in training the next day. So while we're in Ocean Village, Ersty's reading the newspapers and goes to me, Fucking hell, Cotton. It's Ladies' Day tomorrow at Chelton, Thursday. I said, But Ersty, how are we gonna get there from fucking training? She's gonna take an hour and a half, maybe more. He said, well, it's easy. We get a fucking helicopter. <laughs> so I phoned up. This, this is Ocean Village in Southampton, which is essentially, yeah. it's, all, it's all boats and high-rise buildings and stakeouts. Yeah, this, this is late on now. We're, we're like three o'clock in the afternoon. The, the, so I phoned up Southampton Airport. I said, is it possible we could get an helicopter Southampton training ground tomorrow? <laughs> and they said, funny enough, we can so I was like, you're booked. So I said to Ersty, you better fucking sort this shit out now because we've got no clothes. So Ersty's phoned his pal, who's opened up the place in, in Southampton. We've gone down there at the night time, got fitted for suits, duds, everything, sunglasses, the fucking lot. So we go to training the next day. We go to training the next day, right? And, um, and uh, the gaffer walks in, Dave Jones. He said, is somebody taking a fucking piss? I said, what's happened, Gaffer? He said, we just had air traffic control on about putting corners on. <laughs> 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 so I said, Gaffer, we're going to the races. How else could we get to the races fucking quick? <laughs> He's gone, you are taking a piss carton. So we're playing the five-a-side football while it's going on the five-a-side, and all you can hear is chuck, 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 chuck. I've gone get has gone. Fuck off, you two. So then, and then the cars come up, delivered our suits. So we've had suits, blunt, so like, oh right. So then, I've got we've got in the helicopter. My mate sorted the tickets out, but I've got to go outside because he's landed the helicopter. Fucking hell, he's landed this helicopter next to fucking Shake Man. It's fucking. It's like a fucking seaplane. You're supposed to be an helicopter. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we look like we're in a dinghy, do you know what I mean? So I said to Ernstie, I said, I'll go and get the fucking ticket. You go and put a bet on the first race. So my ex-wife's given me a ticket about the horses she wants to run. I haven't got a fucking clue about horses. So I said to Ernstie, stick 100 quid on that. I'll be back in a minute, right? So I've gone outside, got the tickets, come back. We've got in the lounge. Alec McAnall is in there. Everybody's in there. We're having a great fucking time. He only come in at fucking 11 to 1. I put 100 quid on him. So I've texted her. I've said to her, listen, you can't believe this. You've won the first rate. You've won 200 quid. I'll be back on tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. 
It's, it's shocking that we didn't see that one through to the end. To yeah. the end, they can't well, like, like, I'm not surprised he's divorced. <laughs> okay, okay. So look, this, we're probably going to get get a little bit serious here now. So you know, I, the, the last week yourself with with some of the guys on Twitter, with with Simon John on the radio, with um, with 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 Chan Siri, you know, mentioning name checking. You're like Eminem name checking Fred Durst back in 2001. It's like you know what I mean. It's all happening. Um, You've had a hell of a week of it, of it, Carlton. I mean, I'm good. This, this is me giving you a soapbox to sort of say, you know, what's your side of it? You know, why, how, how do you feel it's gone? Well, I think, I think Mr. Chancier is under pressure and he's trying mm-hmm. to alleviate that pressure on me, right? I spoke to Darren and uh, Darren said to me, we're very close. So Darren mm-hmm. said to me, it's done. It's a divorce. It's done. It's finished. I'm moving on. I don't want it, I don't want you to discuss it, and um, and so it's finished now. Like I said, I live my life by supporting my friends, <clears throat> Mr. Chanziri. I, I, I listen. It's not easy being a, fo- a football chairman. I, mm. I've spoken to Simon, uh, Brendan Elwood, who brought me into uh, Stockport. Uh, you know. Uh, Keith Haslam, who brought me into Mansfield. I know it's not an easy job being a chairman. It's damned if you do and damned if you don't. And like Simon said, live on air, if it wasn't uh, Darren Moore, would I have got involved? The answer is no, because I have no... Right, but it's done now. So as far as I'm concerned now, like Darren said to me, divorce has happened, what's the point of talking about? It's done, it's done. So... um, the only issue I have with uh, Mr. Kanziri is I don't need it, I don't think he needed to make a statement about four times about the salary, and I'll stand by that. You know, you, you're talking about Sheffield support Sheffield supporters who are working hard for their life. It doesn't matter whether it's 100 grand, 200 grand, 300 grand. It could be 800 grand. It doesn't matter. They're not gonna they're not gonna um, appreciate that, right? So it needs to be left. So he, he he said to me when he, I mean, I was really surprised when he did the press conference that he did when he was announcing the new manager. I think that, if I'm being honest, I think the Sky reporter was a bit naughty. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have mentioned Darren Moore at the press conference of the new manager. But the, but the, but the chairman should have just said, listen, we're not here to discuss Darren Moore. He's gone. It's finished. New managers in it, new now. This is the future. This is the way we're going to go for. Then he's gone and done a rant and rave about me. He's been eight years in charge of the football club. I don't know him. So I can't say I'm for him or I'm not for him, right? But at the end of the day, I am my own man. I don't work for him. I don't need to work for him. I don't need to work. But when he says that I'm being negative about the football club, I take umbrage about that. Right, I've been a Sheffield Wednesday supporter since the day I come and play for Sheffield Wednesday. So I'm entitled to my opinion. But what happens with Mr. Chanziri, if you oppose him, you've got a problem. If you say something he doesn't like, you've got a problem. And I, I'm not I'm not that I'm not that type of person. I really don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. I really don't. Yeah. The only people I care about is my family and my friends. That's how I'm gonna live my life. So, at the end of the day, I wouldn't come out and say anything 
you know, uh, uh, Mr. Chanziri is probably, he's, he'll be, my, he micromanages everything. So he'll know about this interview, right? So his people have been in touch with me the last three days while I've been in Portugal. He wanted to do a public interview. I said, no. And let me quantify this. I was on Simon Jordan's. I did say I didn't want to do a public interview, but Simon mm -hmm. had urged me to do a public interview. But then when I've looked at, at, at it, and it's not because I've got anything to hide, Darren has said to me, who's my friend, has said to me, Carlton, it's done, I've moved on, the divorce has happened. What good is going to come off it? So that's it. So I've said to Mr Chanziri, I will come and meet you privately. Let's have a talk, right? Let's see if we can get to some mutual ground about what we need to talk about. If we can, then we can do a joint press conference. But why would I go? If I've got a grievance with somebody, I'm not going to do it in public. And I don't have a grievance with Mr Chanziri. I don't like the way he's treated Darren Moore over this. I, I, when I say I don't like the way he's treated Darren Moore, that's a bit unfair because I don't know the situation. Mm -hmm. But what I don't mm -hmm. like is his, his statement that Darren's asked for four times his salary. And I'll stand by that, right? But it's done. Darren's asked me not to speak about it anymore. And, 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 and that's the way we go on. And, 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 and that's me. I, 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 as I said, I'm a loyal person. Uh, I stick up for my friends. But I do take umbrage with the fact that he's saying that I've been negative about Sheffield Wednesday. I've flown back from Portugal, changed my flights, picked my son up, gone to the playoff finals, right? He's the one who's caused the problem now because with all that euphoria of getting promoted, I feel a bit like a damn squid. Manager's yeah, yeah. gone. Manager's gone. New managers come in, no players coming in, season tickets have gone up. So players, players released. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're mounted bare bones at the squad, aren't we? So so I feel like a bit of a uh, you know deflated when we should be going into this euphoria. He said, Well, you only come out when things are going bad. Well, how things are going bad, we just got promoted. And name, and you were there. Name, name the things I've said in eight years that I've been opposing you. I've not. The only two things I've said in eight years, I don't agree with how we treated David Ursi's son, and David is my friend, and I stuck up for him, and I still say that, and I don't agree with his treated Darren Moore, and I'm in, entitled to my opinion. But don't, like, he's, he, he's come out, first of all, he says he doesn't know my name. He knows damn well. I've been in his director's box, so he knows my name. Secondly, he says, right, that... Um, I'm no legend. That's fine. I've never come out and said I'm a legend. I don't believe I'm a legend. Legends should be left to the status of the likes of Chris Waddle. They're players like that. So it doesn't matter to me. And if certain supporters don't want to like me anymore, then that's their problem. I will actually lose no sleep over it, right? Because that's not how... My, my job in life is not to be popular. Do you know what my old man always used to say to me? Listen, son. It's better that people respect you than don't like you or think you're popular. Better they respect me. So they respect me. I hope they respect me for being honest, being true to my words. And that's it. So I don't know Mr. Chanziri. I've given him the opportunity, like he said, come and speak to him. I, I said what I said. I contacted his secretary. His secretary contacted me. He wants to contact them, this meeting in public. But if he contacts him, this meeting in public... The public are going to come to me about Darren Moore. 
I don't want to speak to Darren Moore about Darren Moore because Darren Moore has asked me not to speak about it no more. That's it. So it's done. Darren Moore's gone. The club moves on. Simple as that. Will I be there? Will I be there next supporting him? Of course, and I'll be paying my own money. So indirectly, I'm still supporting him. <laughs> right. That's, that, I was just going to say, and that's really counterproductive, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, we all, I think that what I'm taking from that, and I know there's been sort of some, I'll say it, there's been some negativity from your, uh, towards you from your standpoint, from people on social media about the things that you've said and come out and said that I haven't necessarily had an opinion on. I think you've basically put that, that to bed tonight. And, you know, mm. I'm taking away from this the situation that you're behind the club, you're a Wednesday fan. Um, you've got you, you you bear no ill will towards the club or even to to Dapon Chancery. What you don't like is the fact that there's dirty laundry being washed in public, and the only thing that would happen if there were to be a public forum is there's going to be more dirty washing being washed yeah. in public, and yeah. it's counterproductive to what's happening in terms of the club. It's counterproductive in terms of the and, and there, there there are concerns in the fan base. There are concerns on you know the people associated with the club, whether you be a, a stakeholder or a support, whatever it is. People are worried at the moment because we are now what nineteen days out or whatever it is from the start of the season, even less than that. We've not signed a player yet. You know we've got yeah. seventeen players. We're relying on you know business being done, and we're hearing even tonight that there are certain players that are that we've been linked to that are turning us down to go to League One clubs on loan. The the, the lad from Plymouth, is it, the, 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 that's looking at uh, going back down to either Peterborough or Charlton. Um, and we're looking at signing non-league players, which, you know, it is what it is. To to, to, to coin one of your phrases, that's fine. But as a, as a Wednesday fan that's listening to what's going on on the periphery, and that's all we are at the end of the day, we're a podcast, but we don't have any sort of insider information or anything like that. Ultimately... Darren Moore wanted players signed early. Business has happened or situations have happened. No business in terms of players coming in is happening. And that's the worry. If we'd have got four or five players over the line with Chisco, uh, I think it would have been a different story. And I, I, I don't see what what is gained out of going into a public sort of press conference situation where you are in the red corner, Chancery is in the blue corner, and you're coming at it like that. I think who win, who wins there? Steve, in all fairness, I couldn't put it a bit myself, pal. Oh, you met his day there, Carlton. You met his day. But I'm going to quote you something, right? So, you know, I don't want to get involved in it because he will, Mr. Chanziri will respond to this, right? For 100%. But th this is what I don't understand. In his fans forum, and I quote, Who's in charge of recruitment now? And I quote, this was the press conference. The one who's done the recruitment list is our team, not Darren. We have a long list, then we make a short list. Then that's presented to me and we go one by word. We don't need to worry about the coach or not. Whoever I bring in will still use that list. I won't allow a coach to come in and change my player. They have to come in and fit to my players. That's a quote from the chairman. So why the fuck haven't we signed any players? And that's the thing, isn't it? That's exactly the point I'm trying to make. And, and this is where you you have the ability to voice your concerns as a fan um, through the fact of the the higher profile that that, that we have. Uh, and and these are the concerns, not just your concerns, Carlton. These are the concerns of 
98, 99% of Sheffield Wednesday fans. Because if you if you rewind to a month and a bit ago, it was euphoria in Sheffield. You know, we were proud to wear that blue and white shirt. You know, I was, and... there. I was there at Wembley. Exactly. I came back from Portugal. I was there with my son. An absolutely fantastic day. I know Sheffield Wednesday didn't play particularly well. You know, and what I don't get from the supporters as well. Let me get this across the slide. I don't get this from the supporters. 96 points in a season. You can say they didn't play well. You can't get 96 points in a season if you don't fucking play well, right? <laughs> exactly. Four, exactly. 23 games unbeaten. Only four teams in the entire divisions. Four teams. Two of them in ours. And Ipswich only finished three points ahead of us. And if you look at the budgets between the two, Ipswich budgets were similar to Sheffield Wednesday. Plymouth would add a lesser budget, but they still paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Okay, lesser budget. And they'll, they'll get found out this season. You'll see that because they can't pay the money, right? So when people say to me, well, I know for a fact, Dan Moore, if Sheffield Wednesday hadn't won against Peterborough, that he would have been sacked. And quite rightly so. Absolutely. Me and Darren are close. Quite rightly so. He's had, a, that he's had a big budget and they expected to get promotion. So that's his remit. And Darren was cool with that, but he's delivered that. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right, like I've said, I'm respecting Darren's wishes because he's my friend. And in the fullness of time, right, Mr. Shanziri is going to have to live with the facts of what's going to happen this season, right? But I am 100%, I question when he says to me about my loyalty to the football club. I question that. And he's, saying that, and, and he, and he's saying that I'm being negative to the football club. No, I'm entitled to my opinion. And, just and, because- and you, you don't have to pick a camp, Carlton. And this is, this is like, I've noticed a few times tonight when you reference Sheffield Wednesday, you've said we and us. But you've also, you know, you've also had a bit of critique about the chairman, you've had a bit of critique about some managers you've played for, but it's still we and us. You, you know, you can still be a fan of the club, but you can still be pissed off at a few things. You don't have to be one pole or the other. And a lot of people tend to forget but that. The problem you've got with social media is now, and I'm, I, I, and I, I'm a fan of social media, but what you've got now is people who will say things because, you know what Ian Rush said to me the other day? If somebody says something on Twitter, go to how many people they're following, and when you see how many people they're following, block them. About three or four people. Because yeah. so, so if they come onto my social media, I've got 40,000, 50,000 people following me. So they get traction on what they're saying. And this mm-hmm. is wrong. You should only say something if you believe in it. If you believe in it, say it. I go on talk sports. I don't go on talk sports and say something that I don't believe in. You know, I don't do that. I, I wouldn't go on and listen. I would not, even the way Cristiano Ronaldo had acted at Manchester United. Who am I to go on talk sport when they ask me the question about who am I to criticise a man who's done what he's done? Yeah, I might not agree with what he's done, and I'll say I. I don't agree with what he's done, but I'm not going to go in there and start criticising the man who's done what he's done. But people who want to win, and I'm not in that position. I'm retired, happily retired. I do whatever I want to do. In actual fact, I play three games of golf a week. 
I go out for nice meals, have a nice drink, and I have a really great life. In fact, I'm flying back to Portugal in three days. I'll be in my villa. I'll be smoking a large cigar. And I'll be <laughs> right? so I'm, not, I'm, I'm not beholden to anybody. Can, can I ask a question, Colin? Just slightly changing the subject. But you run a marathon while you're having a heart attack. Yeah, what's the matter what with the, you? What? What? <laughs> What? No, but, but do you know what? I said to my missus, I, I said to my missus, right? Listen, we've, your car doesn't suddenly break down, right? If you've got a car, very rarely does it suddenly break down. You have warning signs. Yeah. I've been training for six to eight months for the half marathon marathon. I had no problems at all. I woke up in the morning. It was cold. And I, I said to Luce, it was cold. And I'm not person who works in the cold. We got down there. There's a lot of hanging about and whatever, right? But it's not in my DNA. And every every footballer I've spoke to, I see all my mates now, Ian Rush, I speak to them all and said to them, would you have stopped? They've all gone, would I fuck? Because that's not in our makeup. That's not the way we've been brought up. I didn't know I was having a heart attack, right? But then as it's, as it's, as it, as it's transpired, I've had all the tests, everything's going to come, come back clear. Angicam's coming, no blockages, no nothing or whatever. They think it's either COVID or a virus. And that's still just the way it is. But it's our mindset. When your mindset is the way that is as a sportsman, you do not. It's, 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 and, and to be fair, it wasn't just that. I'd seen a video the day before or two days before of a lad who's got cerebral palsy who just run... The uh, uh, it would that, I don't know if you've seen it that was circulating and he just run. I'm, was I'm it like, the no fucking way I'm stopping. There's no way, yeah. and that's the way I live my life. Tomorrow morning I'll get up, I'll run eight miles, ten miles. That's the way I live my life. It is what it is. It's all or nothing. I'm not. I'm not in between. If so, you know, if somebody says to me, "You're coming out for a couple of drinks," I'm like, "Fuck!" If I'm coming out, I'll, I'll stay in the house for a couple of drinks. If I'm coming out, I'm going out. We're into Azuno tracksuit, that's happening. <laughs> Look at it back in the day. Look at the characters. Would you have paid money to go and watch Ian Botham? Yeah. Fucking right. Bang. So when people are criticising the baseball, the stadiums are full, right? Fucking, you know, you look at what they've done. The state, Okay, Big Ron used to say to us, of course we wanted to win, but it's about entertaining the supporters. That's your job, right? So when you look at the people that have gone, you know, who have died, the Australian cricketers just died. Fuck, you know, what a great player. You look at Ian Bovey, you look at David Gower, you look at back in the day, you look at just gone now, look at Root, you look at the captain. Fuck me. I'd rather pay money. Yes, winning's important, but I'd pay money to see that. That's why the stadiums are full. But you know what we're worried about? Everybody's worried about losing, even as kids now. We're always worried about what people are saying. Fuck that. Go out, do the best you can do, enjoy it, and don't worry about what people are saying. Because those people ain't got the best interests at ask. You know, I, I, I'm sure when you put this out, Sheffield Wednesday supporters are going to criticise me. I won't lose. This is the thing. I will not lose one ounce of sleep about it. <laughs> all the wine. I'll tell you what. <laughs> let, the I'll tell you what. Listen, Colin, I'm going to tell you a story now. It's 1998, and we're outside Club Wow, just near the Sheffield Arena, the old uh, nightclub, the Valley <laughs> Entertainment Park. And I don't even remember, you had Brannigan's, you had Club Wow outside then. There was always a massive queue for taxis at 2 a.m. 
and uh, I'd, I'd waited for like 45 minutes for this bloody cab. And out come you in a silver bloody suit and went, all right, mate. <laughs> and then you just sailed straight into the taxi and fucked off. And I lost my place in the queue and it cost me another 45 minutes. So thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> listen to this one. The best one was, right? The, the best one was we used to go to Joseph, Josephine nightclub, right? So we got back from a game and we'd had a few drinks. All the lads were there and the queue was massive. And they're all waiting down there. I said, fuck that. We're straight in. And some bloke said, where are you going? I said, somewhere where you're not going. VIP. Fuck off. <laughs> but you see, you see the differences now. You see the differences with me. It's about banter. It's about having a laugh. But it, it, now, you can't have a banter. You can't have, you, can't, you can't have a laugh now because everybody's too, taking everything too literally and too serious. But back in, I'm still now. I have a laugh, I have a crack, I have a joke. And and if people want to give me stick, like they do on Twitter, I just give it a back and I say to them, well, hang on a minute, right? But you can't take it. But, you know, and, and people can't take it. Do you know what I mean? And so I'm saying, well, if you can't take it, don't fucking give it, right? And I'm one of these people also, right, is that it's all about, it's like Aaron McGuire. Is it Aaron, excuse me, is it Aaron Maguire's fault he went for £90 million? Nope. No. But how has Aaron Maguire been voted in the European Championships player of the team and the fucking World Cup player of the team? So he can't be fucking shit. Now, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying he's Rio Ferdinand, but he's a fucking good player. So yeah. he might not be for Ten Hag, but when people are saying what they're saying... I'm like, I've tweeted tonight, I stick up for him. And I say, do you know what? I, I don't agree. I don't think he's had the best time at Manchester United. But I think there's a lot of factors in there. The manager who came in, that fucking idiot playing 2-2-3 two, two, or whatever formation Rainy. he wanted yeah. to play. Right? And, I'm also, I, 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 and I think that exposed Harry. And also the way they want to play an eye line. You sign players to play a certain way. Right? Mm. England are playing at eye line. I'm fucking always comfortable doing that. So, at the end of the day, but what I've said to Ali is, and I did this when I left from Leeds to go to Southampton, money's not everything. You're, good, you're going to earn top dollar. You've already earned money. Go and play football. But you see, supporters are coming out. And then when the media get a narrative on somebody, they don't let up. And they've got a narrative on Harry Kane. And let me tell you, Harry Kane's a good defender. Oh, sorry, Harry good Kane. Player, sorry. Well, he's, yeah. a good, he's a good centre-forward, by the way. Yeah, but he's all Harry right, yeah. He's <laughs> a good centre-half. It might not yeah. be the, you know, your top draw in terms of whatever. And this will be proven. Because yeah. let me tell you, a top club will sign him. People I reckon if he signed for somebody like West Ham, in, in where no, they no, are right go, now. No, bigger than West Ham. You've got to remember, when he went to Manchester United... Man City pulled out of the deal. They paid 80 grand for him. Remember mm -hmm. when they signed John Stones? Mm -hmm. Everybody was slagging John Stones off. He's and made John Stones into a better player. He has. And turned Everybody him into what Ron did with you off. as well, Carlton. Turned him Sorry. into a defensive midfielder as well. Did what he did exactly. with you. But everybody was slagging John Stones off and he's made him into a world-class player. So, and, and, and by the way, they wanted to sign Harry Maguire. They pulled out of it because the money that was on, on offer. So what I don't like is now that they they are um, they are just pulling the guy down. Yeah, Deli Ali, 
even before this come out about mm. what had happened, I said, the kid's only a young kid. He's had, I didn't know what had happened until he'd done his interview. And I was of the opinion, well, everybody's saying, well, he won't play in the Premier League. He won't do this again. I'm saying, well, he's only, he's only young, mm. right? Give the boy a chance. But we're yeah. all we're all just we're all just you know what has happened in this world now. We're all just opinionated, and we oh, don't right. want ourselves one camp or the other. Apparently, you know Sorry? what I mean. Everybody always has to be one camp or the other. Everybody has to be polarized on something, and you can't. You you can say this is something I like, but this thing from it was a bit shit. You know what I mean? You don't have to pick a side. You don't have to pick a camp, gang. You know what I mean? You're allowed to just go, yeah, this is good, but sometimes it's shit. You know what exactly. I mean? I, exactly. I like all the and authors. Not every episode. Have we all made mistakes in life? Haven't we all made mistakes? Right? They go by the grace of God. We all. So if we're in the public eye, right? My wife's a school teacher. She wants to continue to work. She gets very upset if I'm in the newspapers or whatever because that is a reflection on her. But I said to her, Lou, if we're going to live our lives and I'm a public figure, at times I am actually going to fuck up. And I don't want to live my life being that person who just sits in his house and has a beard or two. I've been in the pub tonight and my pal, my pal pulled me and people were videoing me. While wow. I've been in the pub tonight. Do you know what I mean? Wow. And I was and he said to me, Can't this not right? I said, More fool then. More fool then. <laughs> Who are they gonna show? I don't give a fucking shit. I'm gonna have a cigar <laughs> later and a glass of red wine. Listen, I tell you what, I noticed you emptied your wine early on. We're gonna put a nip in it there. Thank you so much, Carlton, for tonight. That was absolute box office. Listen, thanks a lot for following us. I've noticed we've had a good following on uh, on YouTube this evening. Don't forget to get in touch on the socials at the bottom. Carlton, once again. Thank you for that. And give Darren Moore our absolute best. I will Thanks do. I will do. Thank you very much for having me on. Take care now. See you later. Bye-bye. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. 
Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.